Today, we began a church-wide campaign called Let Us Pray. Everyone say, Let Us Pray. Come on, say it out loud. Let Us Pray. Let Us Pray needs to become the mantra of our family, the mantra of our nation, the mantra of our life, the mantra of our vision and purpose for our life. Let Us Pray. You see, sadly, uh, it, it takes trouble and trauma in most people's life and maybe even in our nation and around the world before people move to a place where they say, let us pray. But I believe that needs to be the first place that we go. Everybody say, let us pray. In fact, I want you to begin to say it about everything you do. And this week, here's your, here's what I want you to begin to get. This is for the next 40 days. Uh, we're going to work this within you. How many of you know it takes a good 30 days to develop a good habit in our life? And this is not just Pastor Sam's Sunday morning series. This is our church-wide campaign of let us pray. Their keynote verses you see there is 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And I want us all to read it out loud together. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says this. Are you ready? Here we go. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Everyone say, let us pray. Let's read this again. If my people, who, come on everybody, here we go. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and Amen. If you don't have that memorized, I want you to memorize that. I want your children to memorize that. I want the husbands to memorize that. In fact, I I want all the men to stand up. Stand up, men. Men, this is where we all need to fall. But I want the men to read this out loud with me today and and just say, I'm going to be the leader in my home. I'm going to be the leader in my community. Here we go, guys. Let's read it out loud together like we're uh, at a football game. Here we go. Everybody together, all the men. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now guys, before you're seated, let me just tell you, I want you to be the leader in your home. When you look at the checkbook and there's more month than there is money, I want you to look at your wife and rather than argue with her about where she did or didn't spend her money wisely, I want you to take her by the hand or take, if this doesn't apply to you, if you're not married yet, uh, you take your wife by the hand and you say, well, come on, everybody, Jim got it. You take your wife by the hands and say, All the men say it. Let us pray. If you've got your wife with you right now, have her stand up with you right now. I'm trying to get this in you. Wives, stand up. Take hands. Look each other in the eyeball. Look each other. Both hands. Do both hands. Come on. Get right up in our business. Come on. And just tell her. Say, honey, let us pray. And and, and wife, you tell your husband, I'd love to, dear. And then, and then give him a little kiss on the cheek. Don't get to, okay, you can be seated. I just do that by way of emphasis. And, and now everybody just look around and say, let us pray. Hey, if you're single here today and you got issues at work, let us pray. If you got problems with brother or sister at home, it's got to be the mantra. Well, let us pray. Let's pray about this. In fact, Paul said this. Uh, this is not even in your notes today. Paul said this. Don't worry about anything but 
pray about everything. So I want us in the next 40 days, and here's the goal. This let us pray. It's a 40-day church-wide campaign to radically revolutionize uh, our relationship with God at the place of prayer. Read this out loud with me. A 40-day church-wide campaign to radically revolutionize our relationship with God at the place of prayer. Now, I just heard somebody say, well, Pastor, I just don't feel comfortable uh, praying in front of my wife. Well, then you just need to get right with God. Because you is the leader of your home. You are what you are. And wives, you may, you may think, well, I don't know. Maybe I pray better than my husband. Hush your mouth. Let him pray. Amen. And then if he kind of misses it, you just love him and just say, honey, I love you so much. What did Pastor Sam tell us to do Sunday? And he'll go, he said, let us pray. Could we, let's pray together. Okay, that's great. All right. Everybody say, let us pray. I'm telling you, it's going to transform your life. Okay, it's going to transform our church. Uh, let us pray. Everybody say, let us pray. And basically between Mother's Day and Father's Day, there's about 40 days. I think it's 41 or 42. But between Mother's Day and Father's Day, we're going to have a transformation, not only of mothers and fathers, but families and church, so on and so forth, because we're going to catch this in our heart. Everybody say, let us pray. Now, l- here's what I'm talking about. Everybody say, what you talking about, Pastor? Not Willis. I said, what you talking about, Pastor? Here's what I'm talking about. Turn to Acts chapter 4 if you're not there already. You're probably there. I missed it. Let me get there really quick. Acts chapter 4, it's the, uh, right after the church's birth. And as the church is growing and prospering, uh, conflicts come, resistance come, persecutions, threats come. And you know what the first century church had enough sense to do when, they, when trouble hit the fan? They said to each other, come on, everybody say, let us pray. They didn't buckle all up and resist and start an insurrection against the government and all the other religious church. They just said, you know what we need to do? We need to pray. Let me show you some verses and then we'll hit this last verse here. Look what it says in, in Acts chapter 4. Oh, go down to verse 17. But so that it's, this is the threat that religious leaders gave to the first century church, Peter and John, who had been arrested. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in his name. Now, look down to, oh, let's see, verse 24. It says, so when they heard that, those threats... What did they do? They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth. They began to pray and they began to basically, they said, Lord, if you'll keep doing what you're doing, we'll keep doing what we're doing. We're not going to back up. We're not going to quit. But they began to pray. Now look at verse 31. It's there on the screen. And when they had prayed, this is what I'm talking about. Everybody say, what you talking about, Pastor? This is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some, uh, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take kind of prayer. I'm not talking about the kind of prayer my daddy used to pray over the food. He'd say, bless it, God, it, and hide it. Amen. I'm talking about a revolutionary kind of praying, a supernatural kind of praying, a kind of praying that touches the heart of God, a kind of prayer that moves the hand of God. And this church began to do that. I'm telling you, what you talking talking about pastor i'm talking about a prayer that moves the hand of god in our behalf i'm getting all frothed up this morning look at this prayer 
And when they had prayed, not when they had talked about it, not when they had uh, discussed it, not when they had, uh, you know, uh, whatever, when they had what? Somebody say it. Let, let us pray. Come on, say it. Let us pray. They said, let us pray. And when they had pray, prayed, this is what I'm talking about. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. Woo! Somebody say hallelujah. I'm not talking about some false Pentecostal incantation. I'm talking about a supernatural Holy Ghost blowing into their lives and into their hearts. The place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Somebody say amen. That's what I'm talking about. And that's the kind of praying that God wants to lead you into. It's a radically transformational type of prayer that some of us may have never tapped into. And I'm telling you, if you'll follow along with me, with your family, and you'll begin to put this into practice, you'll begin to experience a shaking in your life. Let me just say, there's some things in our life that needs to be shaken up a little bit. There's some places in our life where we we don't need uh, uh, anything other than a visitation from God in our life. So much so that we began to find boldness in our life to speak the word of God and to stand up and be what he wants us to be. Everybody say, that's what I'm talking about. That's where we're going. How many of you want to go with me? Look at five people and say, let us pray for goodness sake. Tell five people, come on, if they're not next to you, you're going to have to find them. Tell five people, let us pray. Donald, let us pray. Let us pray, John. Let us pray. Hey, let us pray. Amen. That was the intro. Now, let me just give you three simple things, just kind of get you moving this morning. If, If you missed my motivational message there, let me give you a little more. Let me give you some thoughts. Radical praying, number one, is absolutely biblical. This is Bible. Therefore, it's not optional. How many of you know things in Scripture, directives in Scripture are not optional? Now, you can choose to opt out, but you also choose to opt out. When you opt out of biblical precedent, you opt also out of the biblical benefit. But most people want the benefit, but they don't want to go through the, what it takes to get where God wants them to be. Most people want the fish and bread, but they don't want to stand in a place where, and pray in a way where God can give them the fish and bread. And so it's absolutely biblical. This second Chronicles 714 seems to be the prerequisite to really everything that we need in Christ. And in God, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And we're going to talk about these things a little later. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now, that's a that's a synopsis of a real power-packed prayer life where you walk humbly before God, humble ourselves, pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways and turn to him. Then he will what? Hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. You see, this is the prerequisite to, to, to spiritual impact in our lives and families and in our culture. Amen. Everybody say, let us pray. I love what David said or God said, uh, what David said to God in Psalm 27. You can turn there later if you like. Psalm 27, 7 and 8. He said, when you said, he's talking to God. David said, when you said, seek my face. In other words, God looked at David and said, seek me. 
He said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. And I believe God's saying to us today, it's time to seek his face. It's time to, to, to gather up and, 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 and bow low and, and, and get right with God and begin to seek him like never before. In fact, the disciples saw Jesus and you, you know this to be true. They saw the power of his prayer life. They saw him praying early in the morning and late at night. They saw him doing miracles and, and his ministry just kept exploding and they began to make the correlations, prayer life and supernatural. And they said, Lord, Teach us to pray. Everybody say, Lord, teach me to pray. That's what they asked Jesus. And so in Matthew 6, he began to teach them how to pray. And he said this, uh, in verse, oh gosh, he said, when you pray, before he began to talk about the model prayer, he said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. In other words, if you're going to be my disciple, you're just going to be a prayer. Amen. Let me pause here for a second. Any ladies eating your chocolate yet? Okay, Stacy did. All right, good. Beverly? Oh, she's not. You, can I have yours? Okay. So, it's ab- everybody say it's absolutely biblical. Somebody say, let us pray. If, it, if it's in the Bible, let's, let us pray. Number two, not only is this radical prayer life we're talking about absolutely biblical, but number two, it's uniquely biological. It's uniquely biological. If you look at Second Chronicles 7, 14, uh, the first phrase there reveals it. He said, if my people who are called by my name. Now, I'm telling you, God has a people, amen? How many of you know the Israelites were God's chosen people? But how many of you know from the New Testament perspective, because we've been born again, we've been grafted into the family, and we are a part of the family of faith, amen? We are a part of the family of God. He said, if my people who are called by my name, you see, when I was born, I didn't take my mama's name, I didn't take my neighbor's name, I became a part of the family, I took the father's name. And he said, if my people who are called by my name. What does that mean? We're part of a family. This thing about praying and talking to God, it's uniquely biological. We're talking about our heavenly father. Amen. He's not God in the heavens who's down to whip us and beat us and persecute us and show, I'm big God, you're little peon. No, and he is big God. Everybody say he is big God. He's mighty God. But listen, he's coming to us. In fact, I find it very interesting. And he said, my people, that phrase means a congregated unit, a tribe, a flock, and really a family. And the New Testament says we've been adopted into the family. And therefore, we take his name. We're a part of the family. This thing about fellowship and relationship with God is uniquely biological. We've been called by his name. We have a new identity. We have a heavenly father. I love what the Bible says in Psalm 68. It says about God. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a father to the fatherless. I find it also interesting when you look into the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is preaching his first message called the Sermon on the Mount. When you read it, I'd encourage you to read it, Matthew 5, 6, and I think 7. What's he doing? He's introducing his father to his followers. 
And this thought comes to, to, I mean, he introduces, the first thing he does in his first message, let me introduce you to your father. And he begins to talk about the father. And he said, oh, by the way, when you pray, pray this way. Come on, say it. Our father who art in heaven. And so you understand something about this prayer life we have. It's not just religious duty. It's a relationship with our heavenly Father. Are you with me? Say amen. Now let me just say to you, and I love what Pastor Ron said. Pastor Ron, Pastor Ron Hammonds, from, uh, uh, the, the one who birthed this church, Pastor's uh, Golden Triangle Church on the Rock, he says this, he said, all God ever wanted to be was a father. And he wants to manifest himself in your life as a heavenly father. Now the problem with our culture today is most people have father issues. There's, there's, there's a dysfunction in the home. There's dysfunctional fatherhood. There's a, there's a whole world of people who were raised without their physical father in their life. And there's a dysfunctional uh, meth, uh, system that is just wreaking havoc upon our culture and upon our young people. And I realize that and I understand that so much so, more so we need to cry out, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. And so we need our heavenly Father in our life. We need the heavenly Father. You see, this prayer life I'm talking about, this radical prayer life, it's absolutely biblical. It's uniquely biological. And so we just come to the place of prayer. How do you get to know your heavenly Father? You just talk to Him in prayer and you get to know Him. And you say, our Father, my Father who art in heaven, I love you, I worship you, I praise you. In fact, let me just say this ahead of the end of this message today. This week, we're going to focus on getting and building a relationship with our heavenly Father. I want you to embrace that thought. He's my father. He's my heavenly father. And he loves me. Somebody say he loves me. It's uniquely biological. But then number three, and this is where most people want to jump right to, this radical prayer life, this transformational prayer life is not only absolutely biblical and highly and uniquely biological, it is extremely and highly beneficial. Now we're talking the benefits of, of, of a, an active, vibrant, thriving, uh, uh, transformational prayer life. It's highly beneficial. What did it say there in, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14? If my people... People, that's us. Everybody say, that's us. Who are called by my name. Say, that's me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then what does it say? God says, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm telling you, that's extremely beneficial. It's highly beneficial. You know, there is, there's so much benefit to a thriving, transformational, revolutionary prayer life. Just so much. In fact, I love what David said about God in Psalm 103. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He began to praise the Lord. He said, who heals? He said, and and guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to forget all his benefits. Everybody say there's benefits. I'm telling you, when you get in fellowship with the Father, there's great benefit. He gives us three simple ones here. But I I think it interesting. I find it interesting. Most people think God's holding out on them. God's not holding out on you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not holding out on you. 
How many of you know, as a father, I can't give, you know, I, I, I couldn't take Nathan, uh, you know, on his first experience down at the dock as a little boy and say, here, have the electric fillet knife. Start cleaning fish, bless God. That's not good. I can't give him everything he deserves. It's incremental as he grows, as he matures. And that's the way it is with our relationship with God. Here it is, heavenly access. He said, I'll hear from heaven. You see, when you start praying the kind of prayers that God wants to hear, he begins to hear from heaven. How many of you know God wants to hear us? In fact, I had a preacher friend of mine tell me this. Did you know? He said this. He said, did you know God has Mickey Mouse ears? He can hear you wherever you are. When you call upon him, he can hear you. I love what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 4.16. He said, let us come boldly before the throne room of grace. That we might find favor from God. And grace and mercy to help us in time of need. And so we can come boldly. We have access into the heavenlies. We can touch the heart of God. Now it requires, as we'll look at more, it requires a right approach. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. You've got to have a humble heart. You can't be arrogant with God. Uh, Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and Turn from their wicked ways. You have to have a repentant heart. I'm telling you, if you got a humble heart and a repentant heart, you're a long ways toward getting right into the presence of God Almighty. You can't bring unrighteousness into His presence. There's heavenly access. There's forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. He said He'll forgive our sin. That's the word pardon. I love pardon. Pardon means... Not only does he forgive us our sin, he forgets our sin. Just as if you are ever pardoned by the governor or pardoned by the president of the United States from a crime you committed, not only uh, did he release you out of prison or release you from the consequences of that crime, your record is also expunged. It's washed away. You are no longer considered a criminal. And that's exactly what the blood of Jesus does for us. Isaiah 118 says, come now, reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they'll be just like wool. Listen, when you begin to tap into the prayer life, there's, there's great benefit. There's heavenly access and there's heavenly forgiveness. He'll forgive our sin. And I love this last part. He'll heal our land. Who there's healing. Some of us need to be healed today. Some of us have been carrying wounds and limping and whining through life because there's things in our life that have never been healed by God. And the reason maybe they've never been healed by God is because we've never really tapped into this kind of prayer life that we need to have in order for God to go to work in our lives the way He so desires to go to work in our life as our Heavenly Father. I love what James said in James 5. He said, come and confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Somebody say healed. 
Then he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. This word heal means to stitch up. Somebody say stitch up. I'm telling you, there's some open wounds in people's life that the first thing that needs to happen is God to show up and begin to stitch up our wounds and begin to sew us back together, put us back together. It means to mend by stitching, to cure, to repair, to make whole. Some of us today are not walking in wholeness and healing in our life because we've never tapped into the place of prayer the way God wants us to tap in. Somebody say, let us pray. Give somebody a high five and say, let us pray. Come on. When we began to do that, there's healing. There's forgiveness. There's benefits. Are you with me? James said, if you confess your faults to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. And then he says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me give you some word study real quick. It's not, it won't be up there, but let me. He said, the effectual, fervent prayer. Everyone say, effectual, fervent prayer. This word effectual is really cool. It's prayer that works. Well, you say, well, I thought prayer works. No, there's some prayers that don't work. If you're a prayer worrier and not a prayer warrior, that doesn't work. Are you with me? There's prayer that works and there's prayer that doesn't work. If you talk to God in fear and doubt, it doesn't work. If you have faith in your heart, the Bible teaches, and we'll talk more about this later. If you have, if you pray prayers according to the word and the will of God for your life, if you tap into the prayer at the place of relationship and right relationship with God and you humble yourselves and have a humble heart and a repentant heart, God will hear your prayers and he will begin to heal you and he will began to touch your life. It's a prayer that works. It's the same. It's used in the New Testament. This word effectual is used in the New Testament in other ways, and it's trans, actually translated work. Here's one for you. Philippians 2.13. Remember, let me back up to James. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Here's the same word. Philippians 2.13. And it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It is God who is effectual towards you, who will work a work in your life that will work. I'm telling you, when God goes to work, it works. And when we begin to pray prayers that work, they work. And when we work and labor at the place of prayer, they work. Somebody say it's prayer that works. See, we need to be praying prayers that work. We don't need to be praying prayers that don't work. We need to be praying the kind of prayers that work. Acts chapter 4, they were praying prayers that work. My goodness, there was a whole lot of shaking going on. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And it says it's effectual and fervent. Somebody say fervent. If you've been around here while you've heard this, that word fervent is very unique. It means hot to the point of boiling. Hot to the point of boiling. Now, I know, guys, you're not very, most of you are not very good chefs, but everybody can cook spaghetti, you would think. And what do you not do with the noodles if the water's not boiling? Don't put them in there because they're not ready. It's not ready. It, that water's got to be hot to the point of boiling. Now, what happens when water boils? 
Let me just say it this way. Things began to change. You, how many of you need some things to change in your life? How many need some things to change in your spouse next to you? No, don't raise your hand. How many need some things to change at work? How many of you need some things to change in your family? You got to pray an effectual, fervent prayer. You got to pray this thing through till things began to change. You ever heard the phrase, we're going to pray through for you, brother? That, you know what that means? Pray until you break through and things begin to change. I, I think I'm losing some of them, Beverly. What time is it? Is it noon? I got plenty of time. Don't, don't, hey, don't miss this. We're talking about the effectual fervent prayer. It's highly beneficial. There's, there's heavenly access. There's forgiveness. There's healing. And James said, you, you pray the effectual fervent hot to the point of boiling. In other words, you pray in a way where things begin to change in your life. I'm telling you, some of you just pray, Oh God, if it be your will, no, it is his will. He wants to change things in your life. You just got to pray this thing through. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. I love this phrase, avails much. Everyone say avails much. That phrase avails much means to have much force and strength and accomplish much work. The prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man has great force and strength and accomplishes much. That's the kind of, that's what I'm talking about. Tell your neighbor, that's what we're talking about here today. Tell, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I'm not letting go till God shows up. And things began to change in my life. I'm going to put force into my praying. I'm going to put strength into my praying. It's going to avail much. Now, you remember Jesus in the garden. He took his closest confidants into the place of prayer and he said y'all stay here while I go and pray he's asking for their support and he goes off and he begins to pray Lord if it be thy will let this cup pass from me remember and he comes back I think it's three times he comes back and what does he find his closest brothers doing they're asleep and he said he said this phrase could you not tarry with me one hour. Everyone say that. Could you not tarry with me one, one hour? Remember the word, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Everyone say avails much. Here's the way it reads. It's the same exact word. Could you not? Hey, Peter, how come you're not of, of praying the kind of availing, strong, power-packed prayer I need you to pray right now? Could you not pray an availing prayer? That's exactly what he was saying. Because Jesus knows, and he's trying to get his disciples to know that in these hard places, 
It's not time to sit around and twiddle our thumbs and take a nap. I'm telling you, some of you have been sleeping so much you forgot what it's like to get up early before you get to go to work. Come on now. It's time we get past being a little tired. Sometimes you got to shake off that tired feeling. You got to shake off the frustrations of the day. And sometimes, hey, listen, and most of the time, it's not time to worry about it. It's time to war in the spirit and pray a prayer that works for goodness sake. The power of prayer brings heavenly access and forgiveness and healing in our life. It avails much. With all that in mind, let us pray. Let us be men and women of prayer. Let us lead our families in prayer. Let us let us break through and begin to pray prayers that works. And here's our focus. Let me, let me tell you, this is where we're going. Here's our focus. You want to know what we need to focus on? Here's our 40-day family focus. Let's look at it this morning. This is what we need to begin to focus on for the next 40 days, and it'll transform us. Our church family focus of the week, and we're embracing the fatherhood of God. Listen, we're learning to pray. We're praying prayers that work, and we're going to embrace the fatherhood hood of God. In fact, this week, this is our focus for this week. Our, our focus this week is we're just embracing the Father. I'm not asking you to just get it all straight. How many of you know you don't have to have it all straight? I'm asking you to start embracing God as your Father. And don't bring your fatherhood, your dysfunctional fatherhood into your relationship with God. Are you with me? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Everybody gets nervous when I start talking about that because most of us have some kind of daddy issue. Of course, Robert doesn't. He has, he's fine. You don't have daddy. His daughters, they got it all fixed, right? They got it straight. Okay. Amen. Hey, listen, we got daddy issues. Don't bring that into the home or don't bring that into your relationship with God. Let's embrace the father this week. Could we spend this next week just saying, I'm so glad I got a heavenly father. I'm so glad I got, in fact, I've told this story a hundred times when Nathan was little, we we're walking out into the water and, and fishing and I'm walking out into the lake and I'm fishing. I said, come on, just stay right next to me. And I look back and all of a sudden he's up to here. He's up to here. He, he wasn't much bigger than, than Ty, maybe less than Ty. And he's up here. And I said, oh, Nathan, are you okay? He said, I'm so glad I have a brave daddy. Because in his mind, he thought, man, you got to be brave to be out here up to your neck. And let me just tell you, some of you are up to your neck in it. Maybe over your head. Let me just tell you all you need today. Can I, can I tell you what I'm talking about this morning? All you need is a relationship with your heavenly Father. And to have a knowing in your heart that He's right there with you. And He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not ready to hurt you. He doesn't want to beat you and abuse you. He's not going to talk bad to you. This week, that's all you have to do. This is our focus. i got a heavenly Father. Let's stand up together. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray.
Come on, say it with me. Let us pray. Take your, take your wife, family by the head. Say, let us pray. Come here, baby. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we wouldn't be where we are today. Like, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for people in my life and people in our life who led us to learn a little bit about prayer. To know that if we call unto Him, He will answer us. Show us great mighty things. Everybody say prayers that work. This last Wednesday night, we prayed prayers for people to be healed. And you know what happened? They got healed. Little Ty was all sickened up. He woke up the next morning healed. Millie's uncle, they said he, they may take him off the machine. And the next day, they rolled him out of, I think they rolled him out of ICU. He's up and wanting to, something to eat. Somebody say, let us pray. Father, today we ask you to show yourself to us. All you ever wanted to be was a father. And Lord, this week, let us embrace you. And we ask you to embrace us as we began to focus upon you and to call upon you as your children. We say you're our Father and we hallow your name. I want you right now just to begin to praise and worship your heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. You are our Father, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. Lord, today we thank you. You set set the fatherless in families. You set the solitary in families. Father today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Whoo! Hey, listen. Two things. Let me just let me just review. This is not Sunday morning series. This is church-wide, rallied together. Praying prayers that work with our families and with one another. In fact, how many of you know if you're praying together as a family, you ought to take hands with one another? You want to do that? I know there may be guests here that's a little little nervous. I don't know. If, If you don't want to do that, it's fine. But take somebody in family by the hand. Let's close out this day in a corporate prayer. Let's pray a prayer that works. Hey, let me just, let's do this. How many of you want to just tell the devil to get off? He's messing with our families. He has no right. Listen, 
He has no right. The devil has no right, no legal authority to be messing with your family. And as fathers and mothers, we can take authority over every demon, devil, and hell and pray prayers that work and things will begin to shake. Father, today we take authority over every demon, devil, and hell as the family of faith together. Lord, you called us to pray. This first century church, they were praying together. And Lord, we stand together with one another today. And we bind every demon, devil, and hell. You said that we could tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And it will not hurt us today. We take authority over the devil who's tried to infiltrate our families, infiltrate our our world, infiltrate our nation, and has done a pretty good job. We right here in Beaumont, Texas at Church on the Rock North, we pray prayers that work. We're praying an effectual, fervent prayer today over the families of this church that there would be great victory. There would be great breakthrough. Fathers would begin to pray like never before. Dads would begin to pray. Mothers would begin to pray. Husbands would begin to pray. We would all begin to pray like never before. I'm asking you today to ignite our prayer life, to get us on fire for you in a way that we've never been. And Lord, let this church, Lord, move to a whole new level of radical, revolutionary, transformational, right relationship with God at the place of prayer. And we agree together in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give our Father some praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love every one of you. Glad you're here today. Let me just say this. If you missed last Wednesday, I want you to be back because I've only got three more Wednesdays to, to break through with you about winning the bitterness battle. It, it, it goes right in with what we're talking about. Everybody battles it. We got to win the battle of bitterness. I want to encourage you to be here Wednesday night. I'm going to be teaching the Word of God. And so look at your bulletin, sign up, get those kids going to kids camp. Let's plug in, be involved together, and let's see God do a great work in our life. Everybody say, let us pray. Amen.